Student athletes are often pushed to work overtime and sharpen their skills, but at the expense of their mental stability. Athletes found school, social life, and practice in a time-consuming and physically draining sport, all while dealing with the struggles of growing up. Furthermore, the overall stigmatization of mental health has led many students to feel that their problems aren't worthwhile, or even worse, that they cannot be solved, thus forcing them to refrain from seeking help and creating the crisis that we have now, mental health and sports. In this episode of The Sword, we interviewed Athletic Director Adam Perez and various other student athletes on campus to explore the difficult relationship between mental health and sports. Okay, so for our next guest, we have George. Hey, what's up? It's George. I'm a senior at Westmont, obviously. Um, I play football. I'm also a track star. I throw the shot put and discus. Um, I'm a captain for both teams. Um, but yeah, probably football is definitely like my highlight. Um, yeah, I love the team. It's just like one of my favorite things. Awesome. So how do you balance school and sports? Okay, so I mean during the football season I was at school for almost like 11 hours a day. Wow. Like I'd get there at 7.30 for ASB and then I'd be there up until like 6 for football practice. So and like that on top of like this year I've had two AP classes, last year I had three. Like it can be tough. Like I go home, I'm already super exhausted from the long day I had. And then I have to do my homework and like, oof. So, I mean, I end up going to bed like pretty late, but I mean, I get it done. Um, I just cram a lot. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to balance, but I mean, I kind of make it work, so. Oh, and I'm sure with like ASB, like homecoming week, that oh, must like, be. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> that was like, I barely even remember that week because there was just so much going on. Like, it was, it was insane. Like I had practice, I had to be at school for like homecoming set up. It was. And yeah. moreover with like school spirit and stuff like that, do you ever feel like pressure as a football player that like what you're doing, the entire school is seeing and it kind of defines like how the school feels for the next week? Or like yeah, no, for sure. Like. Especially at Westmont, like this past year, um, the football, the football setting has been like insane. Like we've had yeah. so many fans. Like the spirit is like off the charts. <laughs> so I mean, I and we did very well this year. So I didn't really get to experience like, oh, we experienced lots of wins, and that was like really uplifting for the whole school. I feel like we had one loss, um, but I mean, having like such a good record, like it didn't really like affect the whole like setting. I feel like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I feel like if we did lose a few more games, like it would definitely affect, I think, like, the student body as a whole because, like, yeah. such is a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that, like, your coaches play a role in how you feel about your sport and then your overall mental health as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I love my coaches, like, every single one of them. Like, <laughs> Coach K, I've been with him for, like, four years. He's basically, like, a father to me. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he cares about each and every one of us. So, I mean, if, if I were to have, like, mental health problems that I needed to talk to him about, I'm sure he would be there for like open arms with and like help me with it, with it, with, with whatever I need. <laughs> um, but I particularly didn't really have those problems. I mean, I'm sure there's others that did, um, but just might not, might not want to like, yeah, like show it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but no, like the football team as a whole, like we're basically a family. Like we go to practice and we have like the time of our lives. Like we're all friends, we're all buds, and it's just like such a fun time. So, I I don't think any of the football players really like had any negative thoughts about like, the, the season or mm -hmm. practices or anything. And what do you, as a captain, like try to cultivate like 
How do you go about making an environment that is like that, where it's everyone's friends and it's not like super competitive? I guess. Well, yeah. So um, basically, like my number one thing is I make sure all my teammates like know and understand that if they need anything like technique help or even like school help, like I'm there for them. Like as a captain, I feel like that's responsibility. Like I'm, I'm one of four captains, by the way. Right. Um, and we're all like that. Like that's our responsibility to make sure the team is on track. Um, they're not failing any classes. They're, they know the plays and everything. Um, so that's like a super important role of mine. And I'm really proud to be able to um, have that role. And I, I still fulfill the role. Like the football team, like we're, we're all still friends. And if they need anything, they always come to one of us. Um, and we're always happy to help. So that's definitely a driving factor for why like we have such a great bond. True. Yeah, and then... Do you think, obviously you said that it's a good environment, but do you think that anything about like being on a team that has so many people or being on a team that has so many people that are watching them creates bad habits or bad mentalities in terms of just like how you view yourself on the team? Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so I feel like there's lots of stereotypes for football players. Um, and like most of the time it's not even true, but then sometimes like, you can't really help but like feel like you're a part of that stereotype and I'm sure that affects like some of the kids um but again like as a team like there's I think there were 54 of us on varsity this year wow. yeah and like That's we all knew yeah. like each other's names like uh-huh. we we were all just like boys um what else I don't remember the original question <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> no you're good yeah I think that playing on a team as big as that is kind of crazy for us to think right. about mm-hmm. so you have like barely <laughs> we have less than that on both JV and varsity. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it is crazy that you can have that kind of bond and I know that you are on the all-star team too so mm-hmm. do you feel like the mentality around that is different because you're supposed to be like the best of the best or is it the same deal as regular school where it's like a really close bond so I'd say it's definitely not as close of a bond but I had a actually a, another all-star game um, in December, and most of the all-stars from that game are in the Charlie Wittemeyer game, which is coming up on the 4th. Um, so then from there, like, we, we have already kind of bonded. Um, they're all super cool. Like, we can have a great time. Um, we're obviously not as bonded as, like, the, the Westmont team, but, like, still, like, I made some great friends, and I, I really can't wait for the game. Like, we've been practicing every practice is just like super fun we're all joking around because i mean we're all all stars like there's nothing for us to learn really uh-huh. except for the plays but like technique wise like where we all got it um so then at that point it's just like getting to know each other and getting to know the plays we're doing that together like yeah like, as i said it's definitely not as we're not as bonded as the westmont team but we're for sure like it's it's super fun and then what do you do make mistakes like how do you make sure to just keep your head up? Cause you're like you're such a I feel, I feel like everyone at Westmont knows that you're such a bubbly person and someone that yeah. like everyone can come and talk to. Well, like, that's great. On bad days, well yeah, but like on bad days, how do you make sure to keep your head up and be there as a captain and just as a role model on campus? Yeah. So, okay. Well, I I really love helping people. Like that's mm-hmm. honestly what drives me. Um, and like yeah, as you said, like I I'm pretty bubbly as a person and. I feel like I have a lot of friends and 
like since I'm helpful to them, they always want to help me back. So they'll they'll notice if I'm having a bad day. They're like, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, you seemed off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all right. Most of the time, I'm just really tired. <laughs> Honestly, like when I'm having the quote unquote bad days, I'm just exhausted. Um, but yeah, when like whenever someone comes like to help or for, like for help, um, like it just joys me that I'm like be I'm able to be there to help them. Um, but then like if ever I'm if ever I like make mistakes on I don't know math or like football or anything like we all make mistakes like it's human um like all you have to do is just like okay it happened it's in the past now like there's nothing really can do about it besides improve um so that's basically the mindset that I and most of us actually um live on so it's been working out so do you think that playing a sport like track where it's more individually focused and you don't have to rely on your team as much is better or worse for like pressure and mental health and do you think that it's like a less close bond because you're not playing together or just a different type of bond um it's definitely a different type of bond um but then i would say it is also a little bit less of a bond since compared to football like there's 11 guys on the field at one time like per team um and we all have a job and if one person doesn't do their job, then the whole thing can fall down. Um, compared to track, like, yeah, we're still a team. We're still all competing for points. But then again, we're also competing against each other, right? Because there's the first first place mark, second place mark. Um, but still, like, we all practice together. We all help each other. Um, we're still a team at the end of the day. Um, I'd say there's probably a bit more pressure on the football side just because, like, if you mess up, the whole thing can, like, go bad yeah. right yeah um but yeah i mean track and football are like two completely different things to me mm-hmm. um but yeah i just love to be a part of both right yeah what event do you do in track what do i do yeah i throw shot put and i throw oh. discus okay. yeah so that's pretty much it for me for track track is so crazy <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we got some nice skill out there, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, were we undefeated last I year? I feel like that's also another thing is just giving, like, giving credit where credit is due mm-hmm. on a team. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like... True. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of where to put this. I feel like that... I feel like that's also a big part of creating a good team mentality is just giving credit where credit is due and for sure just like saying wow like so and so did such a good job this time and showing that i don't know you care exactly no it's it's super important to highlight people's like like what they do well um because then they'll be they'll be motivated to do it again to do well again then again it's also important to for criticism like if someone messes up like okay hey you messed up right how what can you do to fix this like what do we need to practice on at practice? Um, but then again, it's in the past, so let's just keep working on it. Um, so it's like a yin and yang type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, 54 people. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Around there. I'm not sure exactly 54, but it's yeah. definitely like in the ballpark there. That's a lot. And that's just varsity. That's wow. And you just have to like, like that's a lot of people. And you as one of what, like four captains. Do mm-hmm. you, how do you make sure that you're like, not talking to every single individual person, but like you're making sure everyone is so doing great. Yeah, I'm I'm an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um so basically we're like 
kind of separated from there's skills and there's linemen right like the big dogs or the linemen and then the, like the receivers the quarterbacks they're all separate for a little bit of practice mm-hmm. um so I'm mainly in charge of like the offense and de- defensive linemen, mm-hmm. um, but then again, like I know all the skills, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could line up as receiver, but hey, <laughs> hey Coach K, if you want to put me a receiver in the All Star game, man, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably definitely like more. I don't want to say close, but like involved with like the linemen and the younger linemen. Um, but then again, as we all come as like a team for for team plays <clears throat> at the end of practice, mm-hmm. um, that's everyone, right? So, yeah. if like a skilled dude messes up, like he runs a wrong route or something, and then we all go back in the huddle, like hey, I'll pat him on the back and be like, hey, let's go next rep, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah. And do you ever feel like like we talked about this kind of stereotype of like what a football player is supposed to be? Do you ever feel like you can't talk about your feelings with the football team because it's not like what a football player would do, like, what a manly guy would do. I don't know. Like, I'm just worrying about. That. Um, me personally, I really don't like to fall into these stereotype traps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really affect me personally. Um, like I'll share my feelings, whatever I need to. Like if I need to like cry or if I need to right. do whatever. Like mm-hmm. I have my boys; they'll like they'll have my back. Yeah. I know that. Um, but then again, like I'm sure there's other people that. Like, these stereotypes really affect them, and they can have these bottled-up emotions, which is really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like, we always try and make a space where their their feelings are always valid, and if they need anything, just to come to one of us or to me or to anyone, right? So we try to, to combat that stereotype, mm-hmm. and I think for the most part it's working, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But I, I'm just talking about, like, for the stereotype, like, outside of the, the football right. football group. Like, people like, oh, he's a football player. He's stupid. Yeah. He's a he's a delinquent. <laughs> like, I mean, sure. I mean, there's not really, like, some some aren't as bright, but, I mean, that's not because they, they play football. I, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not because they play football. It's just because, hey. They need some help. People have different strengths. People exactly. Different exactly. Oh, there yeah, we yeah. go. And the lights are off. <laughs> there is. One moment, guys. Like, I, will <laughs> be, I will be. I will be. I will be. Right back. <laughs> is motion sensitive? <laughs> okay. Lights are back on. <laughs> um, yeah. But one thing you mentioned is that you're close with the, the younger people on your team. Do you feel like you have a duty to kind of like pass on the oh my god like a the torch football, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the football yeah. power to the freshmen no yeah I definitely need to pass the torch after I graduate <laughs> um no but yeah I mean these younger guys like when I was a freshman I was always looking up to like the seniors and the sophomore actually only the sophomores because they played they played JV with me so like oh wow um but yeah I definitely have that responsibility to like kind of what's the word Sure, I'll just say help. I mean, there's a better word, but I mean, you, you'll know what I'm saying. Yeah. To help the younger, yeah, nur- that's exactly what I'm looking yeah. for. Nurture, nurture like the younger dudes. Um, and I, I feel like they, they look up to me as like a role model, and that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, because they need it more than like say my peers, like my my senior friends. They need more of a role model. Um, so I'm glad True. to be that. Well, thank you so much. There we go. Glad to be on the sword. (laughs) Okay, so I'm with Jackie McLean. Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm a senior here at Westmont. I'm the captain of varsity softball, and I've played quite the realm of sports in my lifetime, and it's 
made a huge impact on my life in many ways. So would you say that getting into sports from a young age would be for the better, or how's that kind of shaped like your mindset? For me personally, I would say it's been for the better. Um, you know, obviously there's ups and downs with every activity you get into. And with sports, I think the highs and lows, the ups and downs are definitely more extreme than other activities. But I do think it was a huge shaping element on my life um, and more positive than negative. I know we're, we're mostly going to discuss the, the down, <laughs> downsides today, but I would say that the positives um, do outweigh the negatives. So mm -hmm. it was an important, influential thing in my life, and I'm glad I got into sports. And, like, when would you say was the turning point where the negatives started to, like, be exacerbated or become more apparent? Like, is it as you grow older? Like, maybe we... Yeah. As a student athlete also, like, when the school work. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it started at a much younger age because from the time I was, like, 9 or 10, I was competing in three sports competitively, like, year-round. So I would go from practice to practice to practice in one day, you know, working out for, like, six hours a day as, like, a 10-year-old, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's, like, not only, like, physically straining, but it's also really mentally straining. And I remember, like, quite literally in second grade, I would have, like, mental breakdowns. Like, uh -huh. I would, like, sit on my couch and cry. <laughs> oh, because wow. I was just so overwhelmed by all the things I had to do. Um, and kind of, like, the pressure on me to succeed in both all of my sports and then my academics. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it was kind of like an age thing. So, like, I started at six. You know, there's not really any pressure. But then you get older, your responsibilities mount, the amount of like time you spend and focus on your sport also increases so then for me like by the age of like nine or ten was kind of like a turning point where uh -huh. it became more of a struggle yeah um balancing things and you know focusing on my mental health right and what do you think like what do you think makes a makes an environment like do you think it's just overwhelming having to balance all these different parts of your life or would you say maybe like kind of the environment, like the coaches that you're with or the teammates, the people you're around all day, like what exactly is the main point that kind of is a deciding factor of whether you're feeling good about a sport or not? Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of big factors. I think one of the biggest like detrimental factors would definitely be coaching though. And I've been lucky enough to only, you know, have a couple coaches in across my entire sporting career. Mm -hmm. I'm in all the different sports I've played that have been a little more harsh than I would have liked. Um, and you know, those coaches, you remember them just as much as you remember the good ones because mm -hmm. of their influence on your life. But, like, I've seen girls at swim meets, like, crying because they're getting screamed at by their coaches or even parents. Um, on the softball fields, I've seen, like, 10-year-olds being belittled by their, like, adult male coaches. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most detrimental impact is on, like, young women having, like, harsh male coaches. Um, harsh isn't the right word. Like, demeaning male coaches. Because right. I feel like not only does it ruin their love of the sport, um, but it also teaches this mentality that, like, like older men are allowed to yell at you, like, as a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, sports are supposed to be a place to, like, teach and grow and, like, learn competition and teamwork. But when you have coaches belittling young children, I think they're also learning that that's okay, mm -hmm. um, which has huge implications further, like, in their lives. Mm -hmm. when they've just been raised to know that that's, like, something that's accepted in the sporting community, which it shouldn't. Um, so that's definitely a big struggle. And then, as you said, just, like, the time management and, like, the pressure of the sport as a whole. Right. But I would say coaching has, like, a huge influence. And so we've been talking about kind of, like, your early years playing mm -hmm. softball. You mentioned swim meet. So, like, fast forward to today, 
how are you as a captain trying to encourage like a safe environment in a well I think a lot of the the girls I've played with now I've played with when I was younger as well which is great because we've all mm -hmm. kind of grown up in a similar environment so mm -hmm. we have like a similar coaching style a similar way we like to be taught but there are there are uh, obviously other you know coaching styles other ways of running a team dynamic and it's it's kind of a struggle finding a balance to where everyone feels like they're being pushed mm -hmm. and everyone feels like they're enjoying the sport mm -hmm. because of the differences like I said like the disparities in coaching the, the, the differences in like the way you were raised to play your sport now I was raised in a very like competitive environment like a really wanting to win to succeed and that's how I thrive um other people don't mm -hmm. um so it's all about kind of finding that balance to where everyone feels like they can enjoy their sport mm -hmm. and everyone feels like they have a place on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely a struggle finding that balance, but you know, senior year, I think we're working to find it and have our, our best season yet. And that's kind of a big goal for this year. Right, and speaking more on the team, like do you think that you have successfully kind of maintained this environment where people can really talk about their mental struggles? Like do you think, and what does that really like, what does that entail? What do you have to do to keep up an environment like that? Yeah, I think, I don't think any sport is doing enough for mm -hmm. mental health. Like, not, not to, like, bash anyone. I'm, I'm, I play sports as well. But I think it's it's viewed as sort of a pitfall if mm -hmm. you have mental health struggles. Like, being a captain or a leader, you know, you have this idea that you're supposed to be knowledgeable. Like, you know, like, you're, you're, you've per not perfected the sport, but, you know, you understand it enough where you can, like, help others. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of there's like a misconception that you also have to be like mental mentally like good 100 percent of the time right which is not true yeah like that's just that's just not healthy exactly, as a human exactly yeah, yeah right, so like that that notion is also not healthy mm -hmm. um especially in a sport like softball which is so incredibly mental oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so oh, incredibly yeah. like mental and mentally draining like you know you're almost like putting on a facade that mm -hmm. like everything's okay when mm -hmm. a lot of the time it's not mm -hmm. like in softball failing 70 80 percent of the time is really good but it's hard to mentally accept that. Like, right. it's hard to accept failure as a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we have, as an entire softball community, been able to accept that fact. Right. Um, you know, there's like ebbs and flows, highs and lows. Mm -hmm. And as as an entire softball community, I don't think we've been able to achieve an environment where everyone is okay with that, okay with those ebbs and flows, okay with, mm -hmm. you know, that 80% failure. Um, because it does happen. Right. You know, it's, it's the name of the game. Yeah. And there isn't enough promotion that that's okay um especially when it's seen as kind of a shortcoming when right. you're failing and you're still supposed to accept it it's like a very yes. interesting sort of like <laughs> like parallel dynamic like right yeah. exactly exactly yeah. and i mean like we were just talking about uh beforehand about how you strike out and then you have to like sit in the field for like 10 yeah, minutes yeah. and just think about what you've done and because softball it's, it's a team sport but it's based on essentially like independent trials between a batter and a pitcher yeah over and over and over mm -hmm. so i feel like i don't know it's just such a mind game and that's really like 90 percent of the sport is no, just for real figuring out yourself it's like relying on your individual teammates exactly it's like everyone is on their mm -hmm. own but then you're kind of relying on each other as a whole team right but it's like when you're in the fields you know, only one person fields the ball. Yeah. When you're up to bat, only one person is hitting. Right. So it's like, it's very individual, and then it's just relying on each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that it also adds to the mental struggle because you do feel alone, mm -hmm. but then you feel like when you mess up, it's on the team. Right. So it's like, yes, I'm, I'm, I have to conquer this alone for my team, but ultimately I'm alone. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> and then looking into the future, 
Um, how's the recruiting process going? Well, recruiting is a whole, whole, uh, whole dynamic on its own. <laughs> it's, it's something where you want to start it early, which I tried to, but then it's also like when you're young, you don't want your entire focus to be on recruiting because then you kind of lose the love of the game. Right. So it's a, it's an important balance. Mm -hmm. And then also it's a, it's a def definite struggle because it's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of like labeling your self-worth right. through, you know, getting to play in college. So from, I would say probably like 13 or 14, you start going to camps. And at some of these camps, they quite literally give you a numerical evaluation of your ability to perform. Right. Like, they're like, this is your ranking. Like, this is where you can probably play. Mm -hmm. Like, you're this good. Mm -hmm. Like, everything has a numerical, like, correlative, like, worth yes, to it. Yes, and, and then along with that, you have coaches who are telling you your worth. You have coaches telling you, you're not good enough for mm -hmm. me. Um, or you have coaches being like, oh, you're not good enough to go higher. Stick with me instead. You know, coaches are like maybe that's almost caliber. like insulting. Exactly, <laughs> like it's almost like it is insulting. It's mm -hmm. not almost insulting. It is insulting. Right. And going from something where you're playing it just because you love the game and you want to continue playing mm -hmm. the game because you love it, yeah. To people telling you you're not good enough to play the game you love, it's it's hard. And then it's also it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not just on the field, but it's maintaining your grades, it's reaching out to coaches, right. going to camps, traveling, which is a huge influence on your mental health because you spend a lot of time away from your friends. You spend right. a lot of time not at school having to catch up on work because you're traveling. Mm -hmm. um, it's a definite commitment. And when it comes down to like you're doing it because you love it and being what you can't, yeah. it's really hard to hear. Yeah. And then like I personally have had a, like like physical struggles like with injuries and whatnot so there's other like setbacks mm -hmm. that you have outside of just the game that you can control mm -hmm. like the uncontrollables um and all these factors kind of culminate into a very stressful experience for years it's not like a very quick thing right so that's a definite strain mm -hmm. on on an athlete <laughs> and did you have any idea of like what you were kind of getting into oh not at all <laughs> not at all <laughs> not at all no i think it's like you know all you see on social media and in like yeah, it's people like with these nice yeah, Instagram posts like, yeah, with their little crew necks yeah. wearing, yeah. It's, like, super cute, and you're like, I want that. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the behind-the-scenes work from all of that is right. so much harder. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot more stressful than you can imagine. Um, and then it's also, like, you're going to find coaches that want you that you may not want. <laughs> and, it's the, and, and I say that in, like, in, like, the nicest way possible because everyone's just trying to find a good fit for themselves. Right. But, um then you're like questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, what school is really good for me? Like, am I reaching too far? Yeah. Do I think I'm smarter than right, I am? Right, and then it's just kind of like the self-destructive. Exactly. Like, of like, now you're just questioning your own self-worth. Mm -hmm. self because mm -hmm. you've been given so many different numbers, exactly. so many different. Exactly, and you'll have like a division one coach who's like, I want you one mm -hmm. day. And mm -hmm. then a division three coach who's like, I don't want you. And, and so it's just like, just it's <laughs> like these fluctuations of right. like, am I good? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on yeah. here? Um, and then it's so much self-questioning and yes. so much self-doubt yes. and it like it's so it's so like it, it, it piles on top of each other until mm -hmm. like sometimes it's just like a crushing weight that's really hard to deal with yeah and I bet like that must be really draining to see that like something like your happiness kind of relies on something that's completely out of your control yeah other than just I guess working harder but then yeah but there's, there's also right. only so much work you can do exactly it's also a game of like networking mm -hmm. and like are you gonna perform at a game where there's a coach or are you gonna have the worst game of your life like it's 
it's kind of like not all up in the air because mm-hmm. obviously there's controllable factors but right. it's like so much of it is is just like what's gonna happen yes like with with a game like softball and what have you found is like the best way to kind of ease your tensions or relieve uh, stress i guess well you know batting is always great <laughs> <laughs> but like outside of the sport itself which you know that's kind of like it's like yeah it's of contradictory because you love your sport that causes you those does that kind of also it. make you question like how much are you willing to do to continue playing the sport? Like, how much do you really like the sport? If yeah, it's no, definitely. Making you so upset. Yeah, there's like, there's like, coaches always talk that like there's a place for everyone, mm-hmm. but it's like, do you want to find that place for yourself? Yeah. Because you you get to an age. It's about I would say like sophomore junior year, mm-hmm. um, kind of going into your senior year too a little bit. Is like, do I want to play? Like, am I am I done? Am I done playing? Is it like something that's worth it? Which is why a lot of girls at the age of like 16, 17, they stop playing because it's become too much you know that's like kind of the age where it just drops out because the overwhelming factor right doesn't outweigh the love of the game mm-hmm. and that's kind of where you start to see like a decline in the amount of people playing oh so that's where you feel like most people quit i mean I yeah quit. I, yeah <laughs> like, yeah because like the stress and right. like whatnot wasn't worth it anymore mm-hmm. um and that's just what happens yeah you know, it's, it's like sad but it's like the the honest reality of of the game right and do you feel like do you feel like you can communicate with your teachers enough to like they'll cut you some slack or understand ah, that's i think it's a, i understand what you're getting yeah. at like teachers like understanding yeah. like athletics and yeah. how it influences your academic yeah. life i think there's you're gonna find some teachers who do like especially teachers who were you know very academically inclined in their age mm-hmm. um even not like i had some really great teachers in elementary school when right. i was first struggling with sports who were yeah. super accommodating right like i'd be going to a tournament that was like you know out of state and i'd be gone a little bit and mm-hmm. they helped like accommodate me or you know i'd come back to school like in a bad mood because <laughs> i like failed um and they would understand that mm-hmm. but then you have other teachers who are just like like this is school like, it's, yeah you know it's to them it's the most important thing right and obviously like grades and academics are significantly important and they probably are the most important thing but learning to balance that is like okay well my sports are also important to me right and getting teachers and peers to understand that is difficult Especially now, like, as a senior, like I said, a lot of people have dropped it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of people playing at this level has significantly declined. Mm-hmm. So finding people who understand, finding teachers, peers, who understand the kind of drain it is mentally and physically is rare. Yeah. So it makes it harder to kind of talk about and, like, deal with mm-hmm. when there are less people who understand and can connect with that struggle. Mm-hmm. And then also, what do you think that we can, like, what steps can we take right now to kind of destigmatize mental health? I think there's, like, some steps in academics to destigmatize, like, mental health, you know, like, um, getting rid of, like, standardization of things oh and, like, yeah. like, testing, <laughs> yes, like, yes. like, balancing, like, students' academic worth on, like, grades right. and, like, just scores. Right. Um, and I, and to move more towards, like, conceptual, like, your ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a sport, we can try and move more in that direction mm-hmm. of just, like, as an athlete, like, yeah. not labeling people as much. Right. And also just kind of the understanding that, like, failure is a part of the game. Yeah. No matter what game you play. Yeah. And and I think that needs to be, like, taught, like, younger. At a younger age. Because, like, right. even though, like, when you're young, it's, like, oh, it's all about, like, I fun, mean, but it yeah. also should be about teaching. I mean, I mean, you also were coaching for a little bit. And kind yeah. of, how did you approach that idea of, like, 700, not 700%, 70%, 70% of yeah. the time, You're you gonna are going to be failing. Yeah. You're going to go up to bat and fail. Well, I, I, I remember actually, like, telling the girls that I coached, they're 12 years old, by yeah. the way, 
like the I think like the first time I told them that they mm-hmm. were like looked at me like are you crazy <laughs> like like this is our new coach yeah. like she is crazy she's telling right. me that I, if I fail eighty percent of the time I'm doing great mm-hmm. um and I think it's because it's not something that's like shared with them yeah like they want to succeed every single time which I'm not saying you shouldn't want to succeed every right. single time but you should learn to accept that you're not, not going right. to succeed yes. every single time yes. and so kind of getting that through to them it was. I hope it was eye-opening. <laughs> yeah. I hope it was helpful. That was kind of the intent. Mm-hmm. But just like, okay, you struck out. Mm-hmm. Were you trying? Were you were you, were you you working hard? Were you yes. taking good swings? Mm-hmm. Were you doing all that you could have? Yes. Yes, then that was a good at-bat. Okay. You know, and just kind of teaching them that that's okay. That, mm-hmm. like, every at-bat is not going to be what we consider, like, successful. Like, getting on base or getting ahead. That's, like, what's deemed as successful. Mm-hmm. But... We should approach it more so in, like, success as improving. Right. You know, knowing you did all you could and, like, doing your best. And I know that's so cheesy and so mm-hmm. corny. But in a sport like softball and sports, like, similar to, like, that, where failure is, is evident, failure's going to happen, mm-hmm. that that's the kind of mindset we need to be teaching more so, more so just, like, learning and improving as right. opposed to just giving people, like, worth in numbers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where really, like, what you said about labeling and just yeah. kind of assigning people, like, different values yeah for, like how good they are as a person yeah like, that's just that's just like terrifying to think about mm-hmm. but thank you so much for chatting <laughs> for talking to yes about this. i love this conversation and i hope that you know we can make some strides in athletics to improve